Welcome to a football show, Friday morning edition, fr- Victory Friday edition. And if you can tell, I am not at my house, I am not at the pharmacy, and my voice might be a little weaker today, Zach, after two straight days of spending time with my family in Wisconsin, the meats, the booze. A lot of brats, a lot of brats. <laughs> a lot of brats, a lot of booze, a uh, lot of fun, a lot of snow, a lot of layers of clothing, and not a lot of points. For the Green Bay Packers, not a lot of success for the Green Bay Packers. So we're going to talk a lot about all of it. Todd Downing uh, <laughs> had one of the best games of his entire career. Maybe we'll get to that. Of course, did not have a, a, a great uh, decision making process on Friday morning. We'll get to all of that. Ryan Tannehill, the running game, Derek Henry, the offensive line, the defense, uh, the play calling. So much to get to with that amazing victory for the Tennessee Titans uh, over the Green Bay Packers. I, again, I am here in Green Bay, so we'll get to some of the Titans fans that I talked to throughout the course uh, of the entire deal here. Um, and uh, Zach, good to see you, my friend. How good are you? Good to see you. I'm doing good. I, I was an ex- a, a electric game last night. I was enthralled with everything that happened from offense to defense to Hassan Haskins, who may need to be considered <laughs> for some pro, pro, bowl talk, pro bowl talk. And then we also have um, a CJ Board, best punt returner of the last 10 years, no doubt in my mind. Well, and all he has uh, to do is just make good decisions. Like how? Yeah. Why has that been so hard for every punt returner? You, you, I am. I am. Uh, you are. Your voice sounds amazing. By the way, you sound way better than I f- feel like I sound in my head. So uh, we'll we'll see if we can get through this bad boy together. Uh, obviously, Victory Friday here on the show. Special thanks to our great and amazing and wonderful, fantastic sponsors, the Pharmacy, uh, of course, right there in East Nashville, McFerrin Avenue. If you want to go hang out for lunch. Go check out the pharmacy. Great place to take the kids. Good, great place to take, uh, you know, want to go on a date over the weekend? Go check out the pharmacy. The Kingston Group, of course, buildkg.com. Uh, as, uh, if you're making a big decision about your house, don't hesitate. Just have a conversation with them. Uh, and Weiss Liquors. Look, folks, um, Uber Eats. Search Weiss Liquors and have the booze delivered to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes so that Zach, please, for the love of God, tell the people why you would do that. They drive so you can drink and not get a fucking DUI. Unbelievable. And shout out to Joe, one of our, our hecklers, our, our great friend Joe, who listens to the show all the time. Uh, the, the, the only bad drive of the night for Todd Downing, <laughs> of course, the drive home, getting a DUI at, I believe, 3.49 a.m., back home on a Friday morning. Uh, and we'll get to that in a second. Let's we'll go talk about your Green Bay experience. Yeah, so uh, I, I will say this. like I know 26 degrees sounds awful. I know that sounds awful. But if you have the right layers on, you have the right clothes on, and it wasn't a ton of wind in the stadium, but the snow flurries coming down, like it just felt, it just feels right. when you, It's literally the frozen tundra when you're literally there. Titans fans were everywhere. They had a great time. I talked to so many different people. Like, hey, is this your first time coming to Lambeau? I've been, uh, you know, about a half a dozen times, maybe 10 times. And every single Titans fan I talked to, there was a dad and her daughter, or his daughter. There was a, a, a younger couple that had just come up. There's a bunch of older folks that had come up for the first. And every one of them was like, this is my first time here. And so what do you think of the place? And I think the, re- the response was uniform. Like, this is a spectacular place to watch a football game. There's a reason it's like making a journey to Mecca for football fans, even if you're not a fan of the Packers. But what they're doing, and what I heard from every Titans fan the entire time, was look at all the things they're doing around the stadium. And they've done a ton of work. When I went for the first time 
I don't know when it was like 1997 or something. There was no, it's nothing there. Imagine putting, uh, imagine putting like a giant stadium, like in the middle of like five points. Like that's, that's kind of how it feels. Although five points has developed a lot uh, lately or like Sylvan park, maybe, right? Like imagine putting a giant Titan stadium in Sylvan park. And so it's all houses. It's a neighborhood. But now they've built up all this stuff. There's bars and restaurants and condos, and they're developing all this stuff. And I think a lot of Titans fans said to me almost verbatim, I sure hope this is what our new stadium, like area campus, looks like and feels like when they, when it gets built in a couple of years. So I think that that if you come to Lambeau, obviously it's, it's awesome. I thought the weather was great because I was layered up and I had some layers going on inside the body as well. So I was pretty warm. <laughs> Uh, but you got to, as long as you dress right, it's, it's awesome. And then the snow flurries, it was light, no rain, which is really bad. Not a lot of wind, like it, 26 degrees is cold, but it's not, it wasn't bad at all. And I think the Titans fans had a, had a, had a heyday and it's funny. I don't know if you're ready to get into Todd Downing or not, but the, the, the fans are like the Packers fans just destroying defensive coordinator, Joe Barry for his decision-making yesterday and how they approached the Titans offense the zone coverage and like the off man, like all this stuff I thought was terrible. And I'm like, this is, I would look at Packers fans around me and I would go, guys, this is the guy they all want to fire in Nashville. <laughs> like none of the fans yeah. like Todd Downing, none of them like Todd Downing. And he is abusing your defensive coordinator this game. And, and of course you can't have the best game of your season with the, the best offensive statistical production in every single possible category, two, two great passing performances from Ryan Tannehill, two games in a row, winners of seven out of eight, what, or whatever the, all the stuff is. And, and then, and then come home and get arrested on a DUI because you can't make one smart decision, you know, call the Kingston group, make good decisions, you know, let, let white slickers deliver the booze to your house. Good decision. You want to go get a good burger or brought, go to pharmacy. Good decision. Todd Downing, dude, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? You, you know, I, just I don't know why NFL players, anybody associated with the NFL continues to make this mistake. Lyft and Uber is free. They have a partnership since 2017. They're free since then. So you've had now five years to adjust your way of thinking and adjust your way of doing things, which shouldn't be that hard in today's digital age, to not make this problem. Sleep at the facilities. If I mean, because they this happened at like 4 a.m., so you know they all went back to the facility when they got off the plane. If you're a coach, typically that's probably what you do, and then you probably go home from there because it, the timing doesn't work out to go Wait, from you, Green Bay to here for him to get arrested at 4 a.m. Do you think they? So you think they did something? So I had a bunch of people ask me like, "What? How do you think that happened from a timing standpoint?" Because Game ends about 10, 1030. Media availability gets done. The locker room gets wrapped up. You're out of the stadium. Probably I, this, what, like those 11? planes fly. Like, yes, I mean, they, they, I mean, they they what they do, because I've ridden on the team plane once. And what they do is they take all your luggage, throw it into a couple of aisles in the back of the plane. They don't even like secure them. They just <laughs> throw them in a massive pile. And then you just fly home. You don't even have to go through security checks or anything. You fly home, you get it off the bus, and then you go wherever you gotta go. You know, you get off the plane. So here's my question: What time do you think they touched down? Because they probably didn't leave until like eleven thirty midnight. Yeah, I mean right? our time. So I mean, they it shouldn't take that long to get from Green Bay to here because they don't follow any rules or regulations. I mean, it is. I mean, they they fly. I mean, they, I mean, like yes, they fly, but they like speed. Right, 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 right. I I would think that. 
there had to be then? some kind of meeting because he's going to Williamson County. So like I figured there had to be some kind of meeting somewhere else. And then maybe he gets in the plane ride. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah, purely yeah, yeah. speculating. So let's get I, off the speculation. Who gives a shit where he was? Well, he, he just fucking they got just, a DUI. They partied like crazy on the plane. Yeah. And they got home. Christians I just, are not supposed to party that hard, though, for, for the record. <laughs> well, I don't know. They didn't, he didn't, old boy didn't turn uh, water into orange juice, okay? <laughs> like, well, I will say this. It's funny, though, that uh, this tweet comes out, then Chig Okonkwu puts out this uh, a tweet that says, uh, looks like a good weekend just to stay in and play video games. <laughs> oh, wow. Subtweeting your own OC after he used you. More I don't than know if before. he was subtweeting, but I just think it's it's hilariously no, no, no. bad timing regardless. And this, this whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, should get suspended. Will he get suspended? Will he get suspended immediately? I don't know. But he violates NFL's personal conduct policy. He was caught not only driving under the influence but driving under the influence at a high rate of speed contrary to what the speed limit is wherever he was at tennessee is also a um a state where you pretty much they kind of force you into getting a breathalyzer and a dui because the cops will say if you don't do this your license is going to get suspended for 12 months now that is not a mandatory suspension or automatic suspension, but that's how they'll usually tell you. And and to be fair, if they're Titans fans, they're probably gonna be extra harsh on Todd Downing, whoever pulled him over, because nobody <laughs> likes Todd Downing. Nobody takes into well, account that these could be Titans fans. <laughs> what's What's funny is he doesn't get booked in, and I don't know why I'm interested in this. It's not that important, but like he get it's. I think it's three forty nine a.m. He gets pulled over, and then he doesn't get booked into like you know whatever the drunk tank, whatever it's called, at like like another forty five minutes later, right? And then he's out like less than two hours. Yeah. Like, isn't it mandatory four hours or six hours? Like, I thought you had to be in there to sober up or well, whatever. I think it's bonded. I, th I think if you someone paid, made his you bond. Up. So, like, yeah, it depends okay, on. Okay. Usually when people get drunk, they don't have someone that can come bond them out. That's sober, usually. Right, right. I, I will say this. Uh, I am not fully aware of what happens when one gets a DUI as someone who's never had one because I don't drive after drinking. It's not it, that complicated. When you have a free lift home, just take it. What it's are we so doing? so easily avoidable. And, you know, a lot of people are making the jokes, oh, I can't finish a drive or another bad drive. You know, the thing about this is that he's extremely lucky because yeah. at the end of the day, nobody got hurt. And the last three DUI arrests, or at least the last two, uh, were Henry Ruggs and Britt Reed. Oh, God. And people died during those. And in fact, Britt Reed, who is the son of Andy Reed, who is in jail right now because he killed someone. So it could have been a lot, lot worse than what it was. And in my mind, you know, the, the Titans have to show that they're going to make a stand, especially because of the NFL conduct policy. But more importantly, just because of what's recently gone around. And I know that Mike... Herndon has said that he doesn't expect it just because, and he's using a parallel to John Bitten, an offensive line coach of the New York Jets who got arrested for DUI in March. Now, here's the difference between that and this one. And call it unfair, call it hypocrisy, whatever you want to call it. Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter did not put out one tweet about John Bitten's arrest. We got those tweets. We got Josina Anderson. We got national media coverage, Bleacher Report. And it's following a primetime Thursday night football game of victory. Call it unfair if you want. I think it's justice, but 
I think he may get suspended and the league will step in because it's a lot more public than any of the other DUI arrests that you could compare it to. That's a coach besides the one that ended ones that have ended in someone being murdered or getting hurt. Well, so why, why do you think this one's gotten more coverage? Oh, I just think it's the timing of it, okay. but it's also in season. The one in March technically wasn't in season. Yeah. So again, maybe that's not fair. And maybe that's a problem that needs to be fixed because all DUIs may need to be treated equally, no yeah. matter what, if you're going to use the personal conduct policy as a thing to stand on. But there is there are differences, right? There's differences in levels to every case. You can't treat, in, in my mind, okay, you can't really say, well, Britt Reed got put in jail, so Todd Downey got put in jail. Well, Britt Reed killed someone, right? right. I mean, and, and, and like if you blow like a point .09 right. and we don't versus, know a point one versus a point .2 and you're doing donuts on Charlotte Park or Charlotte Avenue, like it's, it's different. But I, it's funny, Jacob says this. Um, finally, the national media is yeah. covering the Titans. <laughs> um, all right, well, listen, I, I there's not a whole lot we can say other than like, listen, it's stupid, it's dumb. It never makes any sense. There's no excuse for anybody in the NFL to ever have this happen to them ever in the history of the world. It doesn't make sense. There should um, be a punishment for this, but it, I agree. We, we will see if there is actually one. There's a difference between should and will, right? Yeah. I mean, like, will they punish them? Who knows? They may kick this down the road the whole season. They may just kind of look at this as a blessing in disguise, for lack of a better term, and say, hey, we probably were going to move away from me at the end of the season anyway. Let's get you a leave of absence to get you some help and we'll let our guy uh, guy that we wanted to take over take over so there's two tracks here that that work i think for you personally one i think everybody agrees like it's incredibly stupid it's incredibly dangerous don't put other people's lives at risk this is just absolutely absurd and he should be punished for it i agree you should be suspended game two game whatever it is you have to be punished for it you have to show people that this is not allowed at the same time it will give zach lyons an opportunity to see who's really calling plays <laughs> because if they come out and he's suspended for two games and the offense looks exactly like it did against green Bay last night, throwing the football like crazy Robert Woods being used all over the place. Now, again, I think a lot of that was Joe Barry and the Packers defense, not understanding that you should play man coverage and blitz on this Titans offensive line. And they just allowed Brian Tannehill to work. The offensive line protected him. And, and then of course, coming off the heels of the second best game of Ryan Tannehill season last week. And so we're, we're talking about the, the best flow of offense. Some of that is Traylon Burks being back healthy. Some of that is, you know, um, all the pieces around him at the receiving core being used. But do you, do you believe Todd Downing deserves all the credit for how well he and Tannehill worked yesterday against the Packers and again the week before? All the credit? No. Um, I mean, it was his best for what we know, for the information that we have available to us, that was Todd Downing's best called game ever. Now, do I believe that in the last few weeks there has been some shifting, some changing in the winds behind the scenes that we're not privy to that has helped this offense look better than it has? I wouldn't put it out of the realm, realm of possibility because this looked like Arthur Smith. This was this looked like prime Tannehill, Arthur Smith, 2019, 2020. Todd Downing has never shown this game plan, has never shown this penchant to call a game like this. That raises red flags to me. And you can include last week where he was going pass heavy as well. You know who went pass heavy even with a bad offensive line? Tim Kelly. <laughs> Just saying, 
that I think there is a possibility that this is not the doing of Todd Downing, but the doing of other people being involved Mm. in the play calling and decision-making and that yes, Todd Downing is able to work the headset better than anybody else and actually communicate the plan. But someone is communicating him to tell him what to communicate. I think that is a distinct possibility because it looks drastically different. I I mean, I I agree. The last two games have looked very different. Tannehill has looked different. The receiving course looked different. Now again, Traylon Burks, Best game of his entire career. The best play of his entire career, very small career was the opening drive, big, long bomb and man coverage. And so maybe that scared Joe Barry the rest of the game. But that, that shut up the crowd right away. The opening drive shut up the crowd right away. The crowd was sort of uneasy the rest of the game after that and kind of questioning. I mean, they were booing Aaron Rodgers walking off the field. Like I've yeah. never I've never seen that before in my life. And was it was it windy enough to affect the passing game because it didn't look like for Tannehill, but that's what Aaron Rodgers came out and said yesterday. That's why his, he threw some lame ducks. Oh, walking out of the stadium. Every conversation was what the hell is Rodgers going to say today in the press? Who's he going to blame it on today? Like they are blamed it on mother nature. They are off on him right now. And again, I can't, I can't argue with that. Like the dude misses open throws. He's been missing open throws all season. You can argue about the, the receiving core and finally Christian Watson's coming around and whatever. But like he has the quarterback has been a lot of the problem too in green Bay. So it's not, but he's always blaming something else. I look the wind at the top of that stadium blows really hard. And it was windy yesterday, about 12, 13 miles an hour. But in the stadium, what happens is, is because it's a complete, like imagine, you know how open Nissan stadium is where it just, it just allows every element to come like sweeping through from the North end zone to the South end zone or whatever. That's how closed it's the opposite in Lambeau. It is so closed off that it eliminates the wind kind of below the the, the highest levels there. I don't I T- Tannehill's throw to, to Dontrell Hilliard didn't look like it was a problem. Right. The down the field throw to Chig, which was a, a, a beautiful throw in a critical situation in the second half. Great catch by Chig, by the way. Uh, the the two throws to Burks, uh, everything seemed totally fine for Ryan Tannehill. And it, is anyone going to argue that Ryan Tannehill has a better, more accurate, more stronger arm than Aaron Rodgers? Like, give me a break with that. So, right, I, yeah, that, that's a garbage excuse. I thought that was all Aaron Rodgers being off. A great defensive game plan uh, for for the Titans, and I think really excellent execution by Ryan Tannehill. Honestly, well, I mean, it, everything went went right for them and and listen this the 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 routes being ran the the way that you typically you used to be able to see if there was one wide receiver catching a pass or missing a pass there was like three receivers right there right around him because they're they're all going in the same direction this looked like a totally different innovative offense this looks like looks like an offense and someone actually put it in the chat um oh here we go jacob Put it in the chat. So very innovative plays utilized on a short week. Felt like this was a game plan you get after a full buy. And I totally agree because this is not, this was nothing that we have seen in the Todd Downing era. This was an Art Smith game. And I I, I struggle to reconcile because there, the, the big conversation in the group chat yesterday was I was tired of seeing Todd Downing get lumped in. Well, we can't evaluate Todd Downing's job because he has a bad offensive line, no playmakers. We we can't evaluate. Well, this that was the same excuse as ever, but the, the same people that are using that excuse are the same people who condemned Marcus Mariota fans for using that excuse to not be able to evaluate him. You can evaluate someone at their job despite other failings around him. And in this case, 
Todd Downing, the proof is in the pudding. All the way back to the Oakland Raiders, all the way to now, in every offensive coordinator game that he has called, up until really yesterday, and maybe two, you can maybe count two days, two Sundays, or two games ago as well, has been trash. Doesn't matter who's on the field. It doesn't matter who the offensive line is. Doesn't matter if the offensive line was the good one in, that the Raiders had at the time, that was similar to what the Titans had back in the day. It doesn't matter that it's Derek Carr. Doesn't matter if it's Ryan Tannehill. Doesn't matter if it's Malik Willis. Doesn't matter if it's Amari Cooper. Doesn't matter if it's AJ Brown or Traylon Burks. He sucks. Now. He was great last night, but this does not change my perspective on what Todd Downing is as an offensive play caller, and I'm not convinced that that was him last night. Well, and 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 I don't can't argue with anything you just said, but let's say hypothetically, Todd Downing was responsible for all of it. It doesn't mean that a guy with a long track record of being meh doesn't have a great game every now and then. Like right. sometimes you're going to have great games. Like I, that's why how you got a job in the first place is ideally you did something well at some point in your life. And so it's not like we can't, even if it is all him yeah. and it was all One his game does not erase everything, right? Exactly. I mean, like, exactly. Exactly. Like we, if, we talk about that all the time. I don't understand why he gets a pass all of a sudden by some of the outcome. I don't know. Understand why he gets a pass from Mike all the time. I Mike Herndon and I don't understand catching, it catching because it, well, it's not straight. It's a direct shot Um, <laughs> because he's true. one of the main people who got pissed off at the Mariota stands. And it's the same thing. You're giving excuses to someone that doesn't need the excuses just because it's one great game for Mark. Look, there, you go look at what Marcus is doing in Atlanta. Whenever he has a great game, all the time says, oh, this is what we could have had if we would have ran this offense and been patient with him. And then if you go look at the stats at the next game, right now, Kyle Pitts has a 45.7% catch rate. He only has two drops. So you know what that means? That every other pass is off target. It's not his fault. That's because Marcus sucks. And this is because Todd Downing sucks, regardless of if he has one good call game, maybe one and a half. Uh, listen, uh, you know who never has a bad game? The pharmacy, Kingston Group, Weiss Liquors, all great sponsors, all local businesses. Support them and everything that you guys do. Go eat at the pharmacy. If you're going to make a decision about your house, call Kingston Group and talk to them about it first before you make any decisions. Not Hopefully not a bunch of dumb ones like drinking and driving. Weiss Liquors, of course. Listen, they will literally keep you from drinking and driving. Just Uber Eats. Search Weiss Liquors, have the booth delivered to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes. So we, we appreciate all of our great and amazing uh, title sponsors right there above me there on the screen. So support local business. We do appreciate it. Uh, it's a big deal. And uh, we, you know, we love those guys and they do great work. And we wouldn't tell you to go. We wouldn't tell you to go use them if, if uh, you know, if they didn't do great work. We, we would not put our name on that and not recommend that to you guys. We would never do that to you. Um, so I listen, I think it, it's it was a lot of fun. The game was great. I spent a lot of time with family. Uh, I expected the Titans to win, much to my family's chagrin. All 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 week when we were here, they're all going. Why do you think? Like what? What? Why is this? I'm like, because they're better. Because the Titans are better. Seven of their last eight, and now we're starting to see what an offense could look like with a healthy Ryan Tannehill throwing the football to. And he's some... not even healthy. Yeah, well, right? Get, I mean, getting like, that's healthier, right? Yeah, yeah. Getting then... healthier with receiving cores, with receiving options. And this was our only hope, Zach. Our only hope for this was that Traylon Burks comes back and develops into the player that he was last night, that Chigakonkwo continues to develop. Eventually, maybe Kyle Phillips is a part of the team. Who knows? But, like, this was the whole – Robert Woods is out of the witness protection program. and and the, and the For and one the, week. We'll, we'll and, see. Right. And the game plan, though, is to find him, right? Like, that was that's the Tim Kelly, Todd Downing, what we're complaining about here is – 
they went out. They intentionally threw to Robert Woods on third down all the time. Now, it helped that they were in third and short for most of the game. Like, they were in third and two, third and three, third and four, third and one, way ahead of the chains, patient with the running game. I know they only averaged 2.8 carry, 2.8 yards per carry for the team and under 90 yards. But, like, I, the receiving core is what could make this offense different if, if Tannehill's allowed to utilize them. Yeah, I, I this is what, where my issue has been with the, the whole the Titans don't have anybody to throw to. It has been my issue. They do. They just oftentimes refuse just to throw the ball. And now you've seen, listen, in a game where Aaron Brewer is your starting center, Dylan Radins is your left guard, and Dennis Daly still is, is exists on this team on in this world, they went out and passed the ball, and they weren't scared to. And so don't spare me now this idea that there's a this this game it's such a weird game, right? Because everybody said, well, you can't, you can't do play action if your run game's not working and you can't, or effective and you can't do play action with this offensive line. Well, they did 40% play action passes yesterday, last night with the worst, the ostensibly the worst offensive line that they've had all year. Yep. So yep. they can, they, they say they can't get Chig involved. They can. Or they can do all these things that we've been saying that they can't. See, that's the difference to me when I look at this team is like, they can do it. They can pass. They have effective wide receivers. They have an above-average quarterback. They have a good running game. And they have pretty much right now, if you look across the league, probably a league-average offensive line. I mean, really, it's up and down, up and down, but because one day their pass protection is great and the run blocking sucks, and then other time their pass protection is not good and their run blocking is great. The, the offensive line is an issue all across the league. I, I'm tired of the excuses. This, these last two games, this offense is contender-level offense. It's already a great defense, which we haven't even got to yet. This is what you can believe in. But the problem is, do they stay consistent? Because, you know, last night, Tannehill steps into the throws. He gets, a, he gets what, two or three bad sacks on him. Uh, two of them, of course, daily. One of them is Derrick Henry. I, I love how Dennis Daly is. The game is already over at this point, so it doesn't really matter. But Dennis Daly is literally, like, bear-hugging yeah. the defender, like, as he tackles Ryan Tannehill. I was like, oh, that's not a good look. No, <laughs> he, he's just look. not good. Uh, he's not uh, He's not good. But the thing is, is that there are ways to get around it, right? There, There's the short passing game. There's uh, scheming guys open. There's all kinds of things that you could do to do it, and now they're just now turning it on and doing it. This should have been these game plans, these ideas, these schemes, these drawn up plays should have been done in week one because you knew this offensive line wasn't going to be that good. And even if it is, it's even more effective if it's if it's that good of an offensive line. So it, it, it kills me that we are now in week um, nine and ten. And it took week nine or 10 for people to get their heads out their asses up at the organization to let their players do what they do, to let Traylon Burks get in man coverage, to let Chigo Conquo make plays down the field, to let Austin Hooper and Robert Woods be your guys that you could rely on in the middle of the field, to let Tannehill throw to, and all this stuff. It's just like, you have to wait this long to do it. 
how well see that's that's a, my question to follow up on that would be how much of it is though just Traylon Burks finally now being a part of the offense, being healthy, being comfortable as an NFL professional athlete. We've seen it's taken him some time to get used to the professional sort ofness of of the, of the NFL versus college to be to have the body right to understand the offense because he is a difference maker at, from a skill set standpoint. Like we know that we saw it in practice in in again you know even in, in camp against uh, the Bucks like we we saw it like we've seen his ability and then last night. I, first of all, I don't know if you go back and you watch. I, I want to say it was the last time the Titans played in Green Bay where Rodgers, with about four minutes to go, yeah, takes that deep shot down the sideline where he doesn't really have to. They're up by like three scores, and it looks identical to the play that Mike Vrabel runs. This is what I love about Mike Vrabel. He does not forget that stuff. Like He knows, and he said, you know what? I'm going to kick my former coordinator right in the jimmy here, and I'm going to throw deep when I don't have to, and I'm going to get Traylon Burks' his, his 100 yards, I'm gonna go like I'm gonna put the game out of control and I'm gonna make a statement in man coverage. And it was it like I, I chuckled the whole time. Green Bay fans were just like distraught around me, and I just yeah. was like I was like dying. I was dying laughing. I was like that is such a Vrabel special. When Tier Tart went went down with injury in quotation marks, um, <laughs> on the broadcast, I don't know if you saw it on the field. On the broadcast, they showed Mike Vrabel going out there check on Tier Tart, and then Aaron Rodgers starts saying something to Mike Vrabel and. While Vrabel's walking away, he says something back to Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what it is. That changed the whole outcome of the game. That that play <laughs> action pass is a direct reflection of Aaron Rodgers trying to talk shit to Mike Vrabel. I'm convinced okay. because this was the most aggressive team that we've seen on offense. I mean, they went out and put their foot on Green Bay's throat for four fucking quarters. And it was beautiful through all three phases of the game. I, I thought that special teams was great. I thought that the defense was miraculously great even after losing to Nico Autry and Christian Fulton was out, in the, out of the game. I mean, Trey Avery had two important pass breakups. He played really well in spot duty at the end of the game. To me, this was this was the Matt Fleur, Matt LaFleur, we recognize that you're not as great as what you thought you were, party. Because, like, Mike Vrabel, this Tennessee Titans team, outcoached and outplayed Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay team in every phase, every way imaginable. No contest. They were clearly not only the better team on the field, but the better team on the sidelines as well. Um, I completely agree. If you just look at the box score and you never watch the game and you see that the Titans had 88 yards rushing, 2.8 yards per carry, lost the turnover battle. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get sacked until Jeffrey Simmons on like the final drive. Like they protected Rodgers, which they haven't done the entire game that he's going to throw a couple of touchdown passes to a rookie wide receiver. Like if you, if you just looked at all of that and then understand that it was a complete ass whipping, like that's, that's what makes it impressive to me is that, that you, you lose the turnover battle, you get the running game stopped and you still whip that ass. Like it was from front from first play to sit to final play. It was complete and utter domination. Now the Packers have lost five out of six. They are not the Packers of old. There's no question about that. Part of that is because I think people, to your point, I don't think Matt LaFleur, he's far more Rodgers dependent than I think anybody realizes. And they're not a great team, but that was a hostile environment on a short week. We saw a couple of trick plays in short in yardage. freezing-ass you know? weather. Yeah. But, the, but I, I do say that I think that the Titans are built for that weather, though. 
Well, like but they, they, Tannehill typically is not. I mean, he's, people say that he's, he's never won a game under 40 degrees, even though the Denver game this past weekend, the most recent game you could find the stats on was 36 degrees. <laughs> so, Jared Stillman, please do some research because he spewed that again. He's actually two and nine, not including game ending temps because you, surprisingly enough, the Patriots and Ravens playoff games that were outside were 46 degrees at kickoff and 60-something degrees at kickoff, according to Pro Football Reference over in Baltimore, which I thought was wild. But That is in 2019? Yeah, in 2019. Those temperatures are insane for Baltimore and New England. Yeah, I thought that was odd. But regardless, he's won two games. Now he's won three. But this was a massive, to me, Tannehill respect tour in full effect. He, I don't know if Malik Willis lit a fire under his ass, you know, even though he didn't really do anything when he in his starts. I, I don't know what happened, but the last two games we've seen a totally different Tannehill. I feel like we saw the Tannehill that we were promised in the offseason, right? Everybody talked about his demeanor and hit and all that. I, I felt like that's what it was. It, it was a complete and thorough domination, and Packers fans walked out of that building last night with a lot of question marks about the future of their franchise. And I think. If nothing else, to your point about the championship sort of contender status of performances of the last two weeks. Now, a lot of it depends on where the defense is going as we move move ahead here and talk about the defense. I look there. There was a few wide open plays where receivers were wide open and Rodgers just flat out missed them. And you, maybe a quarterback who's playing better or hotter, or Mahomes or Allen or whoever in the playoffs, maybe doesn't miss those receivers that are wide open. Because again, Rodgers, I thought was for as good as his stat line ended up being, I thought his, I thought his performance was awful. So uh, where's the defense? Um, uh, This is a, this team, Green Bay Packers and Rabel said it on Monday. They, they have run the football on everyone. No one has stopped their running game. And this defense went into that cold weather rock fight and they lined up and they shut down Aaron Jones and they shut down AJ Dillon. The Packers had to throw these quick, short passes to the outside. It worked for like a couple of yards every now and then, and then they shut it down by the third quarter. This is a championship-caliber defense, and now the offense is starting to round into form. This is, dude, they've won seven out of eight, and how many teams in the AFC even have winning records now? Right. It, it, there's like three of them. Like it's it, the, the, the Titans, have. they should feel like they have as good a shot as anybody right now. Well, I, 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 it's, it's so hard because, listen, I'm a man that can recognize that I said stuff at the beginning of the year. But for really, up until the last two weeks, maybe I'll even count the Kansas City game because that was such a remarkable game in its own right, even though it was a loss. This team didn't deserve any respect as far as the play on the field. I I always thought that Mike Vrabel was not the one holding this team back as far as he he never – I never lost confidence that Vrabel's going to win games that he shouldn't win and lose a game that he probably shouldn't – lose and I've always believed in this defense but this offense has been terrible and we've talked a lot about the offense so I will say that as long as this offense continues and maintains at least the baseline of the uh, game against Denver as an offensive output performance they can beat almost anybody I don't know about Buffalo, but Buffalo has its own issues going forward. And their, their defense is falling off while the Tennessee Titans defense continues to maintain no matter who is on the field. And that's what we got to talk about is that, yeah, only 13 pressures. But you know what about those 13 pressures? 
regardless of if, if Autry was on the field or he wasn't on the field, whether Tierra Tart was on the field or Simmons was injured, they stuck to who they are. They rushed four, rarely blitz to send a fifth guy. You, I mean, they were pretty obvious too. Like the wide nine was so freaking obvious almost on every defensive play. And that is credit to coaching and why Shane, uh, Shane Bowen hopefully doesn't get a head coaching interview because I want him to stay here. But why Shane Bowen, Jim Schwartz, and Mike Vrabel are just out of this world good with this defense because you're talking about Joshua Kalu. You're talking about Trey Avery. You're talking about Andrew Adams, David Long, Monty Rice, Joe Sherbert, or Schobert. You're talking about all these guys that are just guys, and they're still doing whatever they want to do, right? Yep. Danico yep. Autry's gone. They're doing what they want to do, and that's so important. So I want to know if this moment was on television because I think it's indicative of the culture of the defense. So I, I want to say it was after the turnover. After the interception, the building got a little hyped up. They were ready to go, and they were like, "Okay, hey, maybe there's a chance." There's like, I think it was like ten minutes to go in the game. They're still down ten, right? Like it's there was a chance, like to, they, they could get back in the game because they stopped them with the turnover. First big play that swings momentum. No turnovers the rest of the way. And I don't know if this moment was on TV. So David Long, I think it was during a TV timeout. So you tell me if you saw this. David Long walks out of the defensive huddle. And he looks up at all of the Packers fans and he starts taunting them. No, I have not. Seen he, that. he walks out of the huddle and he's like kind of bouncing. He's kind of doing this thing here. And he like, he starts like, he's doing the get up crowd. Come on, get up, get up crowd. He's doing two hands up and he's like waving at him and he's like doing the, I can't hear you. And he's like, he is taunting Lambeau field openly. And the crowd starts like yelling and screaming at him. They're getting pissed off the whole deal. He walks back into the huddle and he and Jeffrey Simmons do as hard of a headbutt as I've ever seen two people. Obviously, they're wearing helmets. They walk into the huddle and they just go boom, like with each other. They the point is the confident level, the, the confidence and like the physicality and the we believe in ourselves. They it was just so obvious what he was doing. It was just, it was so much fun. Like Pipe Packers fans were so pissed off at him. I mean, you're shutting down Aaron Rodgers, you're up by you're up by two touchdowns. You just turned the ball over. Now you got to get a big stop. And of course they do. And and David Long is out there taunting Lambeau Field. I was like, damn, dude, like <laughs> you got some stones on you. And then they got to stop. So well, I don't know if you saw this, but there was one point where Aaron Jones thinks he's got the first down. And he he gets up and he signals for it. And there's a great shot of David Long. Looking, looking and pointing at the first down marker about how far away it is. I mean, it's so far away. And he's like, it's not even close, dude. David Long, we, we've we talked about David Long, and we've talked about David Long on the offseason about his particular comments about stepping up to be a leader for this team. And it, it's, it's happening right before our eyes. I mean, you're talking about these last four games, if you're paying attention. These last four games, David Long is playing – some of the best football for a linebacker in the entire NFL. Not only is he probably the third best player on this team behind Simmons and Autry, he is probably one of the best linebackers in the NFL right now. And isn't, isn't he one of the best coverage linebackers statistically? Oh yeah, statistically, or number one. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I mean, he's just he's just everywhere. He's great. You know, the ten day rest. Oh my gosh, this defense needs it so bad. And look. Yeah. I will say this. 
the fact that Autry is not a season-ending injury, according to reports, what they believe is not a season-ending injury, and that he's still going to get an MRI done, though, that's good news. Maybe only misses one game, but maybe given Bud Dupree this break, gets him in a 10-day rest now, period now, gets him back. Because you need one. You, I don't know if necessarily you need one of those guys, but you definitely would like to have one of those guys and not have either of them. But this team, I, I mean, I, I just can't say anymore. Well, I can't say anymore that, well, the game's over because this team's, this guy's getting out on injury. Next man up on this defense. I, I saw someone put out a tweet last night. Um, his name's High Pockets 84, Kevin Johnson. He's a guy that quit Twitter over the summer, and I wish he would have stayed quit and would just stu- stuck with Facebook because that's where his takes belong. He says, Can we, <laughs> after the play that Green Bay scores, and Josh Kalu and I believe is Christian Fulton have some kind of miscommunication and Christian Watson gets the injury. So at the opening drive of the second half, they go all the way down the field. No Autry and all this stuff happens. And he goes, well, th- we need to quit calling this defense elite. No, this is an elite defense. Uh, you need to quit calling yourself a Titans fan. I mean, this is an elite defense no matter what. Get a grip and don't let one drive erase everything that they have done and put that one drive into context as well. Like, I don't understand why people just can't put sh- put stuff into context at all and just to totally ignore it. You know what that defense did the rest of the way? Just hammer the, the, the Green Bay Packers. They didn't have to do anything. I mean, they did it with Trey McAvery out there getting two pa- pass breakups that I, yep. I can remember. I mean, give me a break about this defense. Well, well if they're not elite, who would you – who in the NFL – like who's yeah. better? Who's better in the AFC? In the AFC, who's got a better defense right now? Right. Buff- yeah. Buffalo, maybe when they're. Fully I, healthy, I, I don't d- know. I don't know because right now Buffalo's living off their performance of the Tennessee Titans game. They're living off their performance at the end of the year, and or the beginning yeah. of yeah. not what they're being right now. I uh, right now Tennessee Titans have the best defense, and I'm pretty sure last night that's going to show the same. And it's just it's. They're just spectacular, and they do it with hardly anybody. It's also, to your point about the 10 days of rest, like it is absolutely perfect for where we're at in the season. You get the bye a little early. You get the Thursday night kind of at the two-thirds mark, right? You played 10 games. You still got a long seven-game stretch to end the season. But to get that little break is a perfect time to get everybody healthy and ready to go and and the offense starts to develop some of their young pieces. All that like it it you don't want to put yourself out over your skis too far because it's the NFL and it can change on a dime and you could lose a player and things can happen and you just you just never know. You can't take anything for granted in this league. But if you look at the buy and the rest and where it's coming in the season and what the season looks like down the road, they they are beginning to do the things we said maybe when you were very emotional in week two after the Buffalo loss that we thought maybe it were never possible. And now it's the, uh, the defense has gotten better despite the injuries. They could be healthier and the offense is adding new wrinkles and new pieces in it, it. It's all lining up. And I do think it's ironic, of course, that the kicker who has to play is named Lambo. I thought that was great. <laughs> Just They should have left him in Lambo, but yeah, you know, I know. I, yeah, I know he wasn't. Here, here's, here, here's what I want to say about Trey Avery. Cause some people are mentioning Trey Avery in the chat. Here's his stats. He played 14 coverage snaps last night. 91.6 coverage grade for PFF or whatever that's worth to you. What he was targeted four times. Okay, so they went after Trey Avery like any smart defense would. They had two pass breakups. 
He forced three incompletions because he was one for four. So every incompletion that they had, he forced them. And his one reception went for negative one yards. That's pretty good. Who right? else is going to get that out? Trey Avery versus Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Any def what defensive staff's going to get that out? Trey Avery. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. It was a resounding, successful back-to-back -back with an injured quarterback in a hostile environment on a four-day week. I don't know how you could ask for anything more from this team in the last two weeks, in the last two games. And again, folks, seven out of eight, they have won. They have, what, the best half of a game? They're half a game away from having the best record in the AFC again with a team that couldn't throw the football for most of the first half of the NFL season. Like, it is remarkable where they are. And I think expectations should be should be elevating slowly but surely as the season goes along. So it, it all great, comes down to the playoff game, right? I mean, because I, know, I mean that's I really the whole thing is that it doesn't matter until you get to the playoffs. Where is this team going to be in the playoffs? So that's where my 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 holdup is still. Yeah, it's gone from they probably aren't going to win a game to they probably are, but then old old Titans is going to show up. Well, show the, me on, that on new road, Titans yeah. is here to stay. Yeah, and well, the I don't know. They could possibly get right, the number right. one on the AFC seed. You're I mean, right. I would not be surprised if they end up with number one. Now, number two, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, number two. It has a get, long road, too, two home games. But you get two home games. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, uh, it's it, listen, I, I don't, again, I don't know what else yeah. I can say. Um, the, 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 all the positive things we would say about the Titans the last two games are all the things we would say about Todd Downing driving home last night. Like, that's. Or I guess this morning, I should say. Um, uh, so, okay. All right. Great stuff. Uh, congrats to the Titans. Uh, I will say for all you Titans fans that want to know what your new stadium could look like, look at how Green Bay is developing around Lambeau. All the Titans fans could not have been, you know, more more excited and, and you know, positive reviews about the stadium, even in 26-degree weather. And um, I, I'm up here with my dad and my cousin. We never get to see each other, and we get to go to a game together. And, like, that's – if you ever have a chance to come, you got to go. You got to go to Lambo, man. It's just such a special place. It is massive. It's a cathedral of football, and uh, you got to make the journey, man. It's worth it. So everybody should come up here for a game. Uh, I recommend it. So what else you got, man? That's a, just a just an all around ass whipping. <laughs> I mean, it's it's what it was. That was the most one of the most decisive wins I can remember of the Mike Vrabel era. That yep. he, that he didn't let his foot off the gas it's, on offense. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting that we could say like. That was one of the Mike Vrabel's favorite wins. A lot, a lot of a lot of those this year. Right, right. I mean, Tannehill's gutsiest performance, maybe best performance. Now this is Tannehill's best performance in a box score. Then you have Todd Downing's best called game. Now you have Mike Vrabel's probably most the team's most dominant performance, and then you have Mike Vrabel against the Colts' most impressive performance. Like yeah. just a lot of. And just no all credit and, to Mike Vrabel because I mean, yeah. is there really five coaches that you would even take over Mike Vrabel? I would struggle to maybe even take two. I yeah, mean, maybe, to be honest maybe, with you, are you really to. going for Sean McVay over Mike Vrabel? I mean, maybe Belichick and McVay. I don't, I don't know. know if I would take I Belichick know. right now. Now, if you take, if you're saying prime Belichick right, right, and right. and prime Vrabel, then maybe. But like right now, I'm I'm. I I think it comes down to that playoff game again. You're like you're talking about. Like it's let's see the schemes and all that stuff yeah. work. Man. But you're right. It's like how many times can we say like one of his favorite wins, one of their toughest performances, one of the grittiest performances, one of the like it's just every single week we do this. I will uh, one more quick note because Ben Jones obviously didn't play, um, and I, we were talking about David Long and sort of the heartbeat of the defense. Like those two, there's, those two guys are very similar too in their personalities, their leadership. They're also both undersized. They, they're tough as nails. Like we've got. If you look at Jones and Long as like the two main cogs on the offense and the defense in terms of like 
like the how they embody the Vrabel way or whatever, the Titan way, whatever you want to call it. Like those are the two guys I would look at. So yeah. Uh, great, great night for Titans fans. Uh, if you made the trip up here, great night for Titans fans who were watching at home. So, uh, make sure you check out the pharmacy Kingston group, Weiss liquors, support our local sponsors. Of course, we'll talk, we'll touch on the sec here real quickly, but, uh, make sure you go to McFerrin Avenue over there and, uh, check out the burgers and brats, man. I had four brats yesterday. I am paying for it right now. Uh, that's for sure. Drank a lot of spotted cow, which you cannot get at Weiss liquors. Because uh, they don't sell it outside of the state of Wisconsin, but it's pretty good. New Glarus, but go to Weiss Liquors, Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors. They'll have the booze delivered directly to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes. So you do not have to drive. You drive so you can drink with the booze. You don't have to drive. It's just don't don't do it. Don't put yourself and other people at risk. Uh, and of course, the Kingston Group, uh, when you're making a big decision about your house, make sure you check out the Kingston Group. Have a conversation. Buildkg.com is the website support local businesses folks every one of them locally owned and operated for you in nashville all right sec games real quickly not a lot to talk about here uh, obviously uh we'll, we'll give you a quick little preview here but tennessee and georgia georgia at kentucky tennessee at south carolina both three touchdown favorites hold serve boys you're in a great position to make the playoff both of you just hold serve show the committee some style points if you want to hypo coach josh dad youth pastor or whatever just if you want to run up to run up the score on South Carolina, Vols fans wouldn't hate that. Uh, but but just hold serve. That's really all you got to do. I mean, uh, I don't know what else we need to say about those two games. Heavy, heavy favorites. No, just win. Like, right? I mean, at this yep. point, this yep. that is what you got to do. You got to you got to win. Uh, and then Ole Miss, Arkansas could be really interesting. That's a really interesting football game. And here's here's a question for you. Texas A&M is a 34-point favorite over UMass. UMass is terrible at football, but can Texas A&M score 34 points in a football game? Yeah, that is odd. I'm, I'd be very surprised by that. What, what's your best bet for the week? Uh, LSU minus 14 at home against UAB. Uh, that would probably be my, my top bet. But I like Tennessee and Georgia, too. I think Tennessee and Georgia are going to roll big. Uh, Georgia might be my number two pick uh, if I was gambling. Uh, I've been hitting a lot of winners this year in college football. So uh, I, like, uh, I like Penn State as well if you're going to lay some points. I like that one. Uh, Iowa plus three. I'm not, I know I'm going outside of the SEC here, but um, the three I like in the SEC would be LSU, Georgia, and Tennessee, all three favorites, uh, all three playing far inferior opponents. The one I maybe would hesitate about would be South Carolina at home, hostile environment, kind of maybe something weird could happen and, and things get slow and maybe a backdoor cover for South Carolina. But uh, otherwise, there's not a whole lot. This is the off week in the SEC, basically, where everybody plays, you know, although West, Western Kentucky is playing Auburn. And Auburn's only a five-point favorite. <laughs> That's wild. So, so there you go. I mean, otherwise, you know, support our businesses, and uh, hopefully I get home safe and sound with a better voice and less of a headache. <laughs> so uh, thanks for hanging out with us, of course. Uh, to all the commenters, please, we love you guys. Thank you for joining the show and watching and hanging out with us. Uh, check out the podcast. It's always there. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Turn on the notifications for YouTube. Make sure you're listening to Zach on F-Words Pod. Of course, you got the Mike Herndon Show, Broadway Sports Media Insider Pass. Go get all of that stuff. Go sign up for all of it. Great Titans content. Uh, and all the other shows, of course, from the 440 Sports Network, Fringe Element, Gold Standard, Lamestream Sports out uh, today, by the way, with both Tony Husband and Jamie Watson, the broadcast crew for Nashville SC. Uh, we, we spent for an hour talking about the World Cup, which, by the way, has decided to not sell beer in the stadium. It's ridiculous. Except, I, it's for, just... except for to rich people. The rich people have it in their luxury suites and not to, it is going that I Budweiser paid $75 million, I think to be the sponsor. 
Yeah, and you're not going to sell beer? What are you doing? It's it's a mess. What a what a disaster. Uh, un- unmitigated, unmitigated. Uh, much like the Packers' performance on Thursday evening, uh, and Todd Downing's decision making in post game. All right, uh, Zach, thank you so much for hanging out, man. My name is Braden Gall. Check us out on Twitter. All the notifications. We love you guys. Peace out. This has been a football show.